ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Disjolting Vision Thursday Night Hangout. Thursday to you. I am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the perfect camera himself, Azilius. How goes that, good sir of the the Atlanta Overwatch team, whose name I forget. On uh, your head. The Atlanta Rain. Thank you. You're welcome. It's like it's the Firebird, but it's not a Firebird. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is the Thursday Hangout. This is a li weekly live show where we try our best to cover the topics most important to you during our show. If you haven't yet had a chance to submit your topic, question, etc., have no fear. You can drop it into the chat, be it on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, and we'll try to add it to the list of topics to cover in the show. If we do, unfortunately, run out of time, those topics will be added to the very next week's show. There so without further ado... Next time is what you're saying? So, without further ado, let's get into some of these topics. The first one, uh, this is something that Zelius and I talked about briefly, um, and that is there is news on the Diablo mobile game front. Diablo Immortals, I believe is what it's called. Sorry, Diablo Immortal. Not There's no S, it's just one immortal. Not multiple. You're singular immortal. You're singular immortals, okay? Um... So, the mobile edition is set to release on June 2nd. So, it'll officially be out for everyone to play on their mobile devices that are capable mobile devices on June 2nd. How excited are you about Diablo Immortal, not to be confused with Immortals? Well, I just also would like to, to drop this little uh, tidbit of information, and that is that... Uh, the open beta version of the PC version of this mobile-only version of Diablo starts June 2nd, the day that it actually drops on mobile. So Wait, this mobile-only mobile version of Diablo is going to be on the PC with um, cross-play and cross-progression between mobile devices between mobile devices and PC once the PC truly gets completely um, uh, integrated. Wow, I'm super excited about that. Oh, yes. Well, this tells me that you don't even have to dick around with the mobile version. Just jump in on the open beta for the PC and see if it's worth your while. Because the, yeah. the open beta will be free. It will not be free on the mobile. Really? I think so. So what you're saying is there's going to be tons of microtransactions and probably pay-to-win mechanics to make everybody's lives miserable and full of hate. Well, I, mm, since you have to pay for it, from my understanding, I believe you have to pay for it on mobile devices. I don't think there's going to be a lot of pay-to-win mechanics in there. But on the PC, you can play it for free? Because uh, it's an open beta. Ah. Uh, so Once it goes gold, you'll have to pay for it. So how much is the game? Uh, let me check. Hold on a second. See, now I'm intrigued. I really thought it was free to play. Yeah, it's a free to play game. Oh, it is free to play. Crazy. How about that? Yeah. No. Yeah, so, okay, microtransactions out the yin yang then. Like, Monet monetizing the game through in app purchases. Uh, the core experience will always be free. Uh, Sure, yeah. All core experiences of free-to-play games are always going to be free. But the I mean, actual my, experiences you want to have are not going to be free. After my experience with Lost Ark, like, 
they give the full-fledged freemium that's the term i use at least freemium, freemium. um action rpg hack and slash game is kind of lost its appeal to me mainly because i mean think about diablo part of the love hate and beauty of diablo is it's always been a grind fest and that's kind of the nature of most hack and slashums with any kind of like in-game content we should end up grinding for that in-game stuff because it's fun right like you get to go kill lots of big bad evil things cool um and it scares me in a game like Diablo, mm -hmm. which is now owned by Activision, I guess soon to also be owned by Microsoft. You mean Microsoft um, will also own it? Is like how well is that going to work? Because you look at Lost Dark, it is very much of the Korean MMO style where they lock, especially like the in-game grinding is locked behind such a hardcore paywall where you could spend time on it, but the amount of time without paying for it is like hundreds of hours to get on the same level. So it's not technically pay to win because you can technically get the same thing. You just have to treat it like a full-time job. And that's my worry of a game like Diablo Immortal where Diablos have always been grindy for that in-game content, but in a reasonable way, is that going to just be like exasperated and now in an unreasonable uh, cookie cutter free-to-play MMO game where the grind of free-to-play is ridiculous? And the hard part for me that uh, is always is, I think with free play games, people have shown if it's reasonable, they don't mind paying mm -hmm. to do it. But what inevitably happens in a lot of these free to play games, especially the bigger action games, take like Diablo, right? Yep. Is Diablo 3, you purchase the game and then you purchase, like, okay, there's expansion, but it's not like that ongoing cost. Or when it's a free to play game, all of a sudden, now you have a bazillion ongoing cost. And typically in a game like this, it's some kind of gated item. So like, let's just say you do like the Dungeon of Depths level 1000. Well, like there's orbs that drop. And oh, guess what though? And you can increase your Depths of 1000 orb drop by only paying this $20 cost twice a month or something crazy like that. Mm -hmm. So my experience is these free-to-play MMO games, in order to kind of get the same experience as a traditional MMO, say like a uh, World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy XIV, can easily end up costing you more money because they're monetizing and nickel and diming all that extra stuff that's gated otherwise. So that's what's always bothered about me about these free-to-play MMO games, and some do it well, like Guild Wars 2. That's an example of a game that does it well, I think. Um, so there's different games that do it from a gamer perspective better than others, I think. Uh, but I'm extremely skeptical of what the direction Blizzard has been going. You mean Activision? Just, yeah, it's going to be the <laughs> nickel and dime the hell out of it, and 
it's just not going to be the fun way where in order to kind of stay cutting edge progression, it's not just that initial payment. It's the ongoing absurd payments. That's the part that gets me. I guess we'll find out in June. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, anybody, most people now seeing, I mean, think about it. It's triple a action game. Let's just say new triple a game. Um, but this isn't a new game. Elden Ring is 60 bucks, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. What I'm compared to, though, is you look at any free-to-play game, and you can buy, like, a 1,000 crystals for, like, $100. Yep. Like, it just always just amuses me. Or, like, how does this, like... I mean, I know it's the whales. I know there's, like, the top 5% who basically keep these games afloat. Um, that's just how it works. But I'm, like... So there's a lot of these games where honestly, if they had more stuff like in that five to dollar price range that actually like would benefit me, I would be all for. But when that ten dollars all gets you is like a hundred crystals, which doesn't even get you like one magical summon, I'm like, no. It's actually 110 crystals to get that magic summon. Okay. <laughs> yes. So that's always. I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking no, about. No, yeah, I know. No, no, that's the thing that gets me. I'm like, where's like the game that has like a good pay scale where for like a free-to-play player, you can drop 10 to $15 a month, but it actually gets you something worthwhile. They seem very, there's a few out there that play that have that, but they're few and far between. So I was, I was actually, while you were talking, I was thinking about um, uh, in around the area I that I live, they do a, uh, they do this like f festival in spring. It's called lemonade days. Okay, and they, yeah. they bring in like, um, like amusement rides. They got like a Ferris wheel and, and up oh, to, up are those, those like rickety ones that look like they're going to like collapse at any moment. No, damn it. They're, they're <laughs> fine and sound. Okay. And they just have a bunch of, you know, uh, like, you know, fair stuff. But in order to, there's, in order to ride, you either get the unlimited ride wristband for twenty five bucks, yeah, per person, or you buy these ride tickets. And the ride tickets, you would think, a ticket, a ride. No, it is some uh, rides are one ticket, yeah. some rides are two, some are three, some are four. It really depends on the complexity and the <laughs> pricing scheme of said ride. And so it's exactly like what Zelius and I were just talking about. You know, like you you start off with a uh, hundred free crystals, but to actually do anything, you need like a hundred and fifty crystals. So you've got to pay for it. And then, and this is my least favorite thing. And this is this this the the ticketing thing that this this fair company did is the exact same thing that a lot of um uh like mobile games and Facebook games do is they give you energy. Okay. So you have X amount of energy, but as you progress through the game, different levels cost different levels of different amounts of energy. It's not a constant. It's like one energy per level. It's like some of these levels are 16 energy. Why 16? Who the fuck knows? But we're going to say 16. It drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. Yes. I mean, I'll be honest, I mean, Diablo Immortal, I still have that soft spot in my heart for Blizzard, so I will keep an eye on it. Um, 
but it's not a game that I'm going to be clamoring for like a day one. Like, I have to play Diablo Immortal. If I remember, I'll try to sign up for the open beta. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's it, about it, all I can say. Yeah, it's if I remember, cool. But if not, whatever. Um, which, you know, for guys like us who grew up on Blizzard, it sucks. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's a little disheartening. Well, to be honest with you, a lot of the companies that we grew up with are gone now. Um, Very true. Or or uh, they've been eaten up as a part of that. They've been eaten up by these large gaming conglomerates yes. and cannibalized. Yes, yes, it's yeah. true. It's true. Very true. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Zelis, you you mentioned uh, one of the games that you like to play, uh, Final Fantasy XIV. And Final Fantasy XIV made a little bit of news this past week, and that was that one of the producers of Final Fantasy XIV has come out and is asking players to stop trolling each other in the game's new Crystalline Conflict PvP mode. And they they even went as far as saying that certain actions can be caused for suspension or ban banning of account. I'll be honest, I don't pvp in final fantasy 14 um so i mean i'm familiar with it but it's i just don't do it so i'm like Meh. um but i think what's different is the community in 14 in my experience is by far the best community of any game i've played mm-hmm. um in a game where you have community um it's, what it's community the fuck is that and I think of like, I mean, you and I both played Lost Ark of some, and what am I, so Final Fantasy XIV, just for reference, it does not have a general chat. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can join channels, like, or you can have guild chat, or there's a novice network, there's other ways you can communicate, but there's no like sta- standard open world chat. I don't know about you, but Lost Ark's community chat made me want to put a bolt in my head. Um, I Look, I'm going to be totally honest with you. Anytime there is a chat window in a game, I'm going to find a way to try to minimize it or exit out of all but private channels. So the only time that I actually see chat is someone's actually talking to me, but I also put it to friends only so nobody can talk to me. Yeah, I mean, they lost our community global chat. Was, it was terrible. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. That's why there's no global chat in 14. I remember now. Uh, but by and large, the community in 14 is pretty much regarded as like the overall nicest, most respectful, whatever adjective you want to use community. Um, so I think in terms of, you know, the developer reaching out and being like, hey, be nice. Don't do glitching. Like that's the one community that might actually listen and be like, okay, cool. We listen. Um so uh, just just for a point of reference here, this is what they're talking about, what players are doing, okay? Uh, players have been spamming chat options such as, nice job, repeatedly emoting or setting off fireworks atop of a downed enemy and using the tell command to directly insult opponents. But these are all prohibited as per Final Fantasy XIV rules. Um, yes, like not trolling other people is a big thing, yes. Let's see here. Um... The producer said, I'd like to warn against such behavior. Um, 
Basically, they're saying that guilty players could be subject to suspension of up to 20 days with repeat and exceptionally heinous offenders being permanently banned. All PvP content, including Crystalline Conflict, is intended to be a battle contest of skill between players. Participants must bring their best to the fight. And for this reason, uncooperative or lethargic behavior is prohibited. Let's strive to do our best even in situations where defeat is imminent, regardless of whether or not you're interested in the rewards. So basically the opposite of like Overwatch, where about every other game, um, someone's going to call you out for being a noob or an idiot or whatever. I mean, that's actually why I stopped playing. Um, uh, not Paladins. What is Smite. high res MOBA? Smite. Smite. That's why I stopped playing Smite. Because um, so many of the matches were just toxic. No, I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. One of the reasons why I finally decided to put the kibosh into Smite was the fact that when you are in a casual match, especially in a match where you're randomly assigned characters, you cannot try to attack your fellow um, teammates over the fact that they may not be the masters over a randomly assigned character. And I mean, I do think there is something to be said for, you know, it, the developers and them coming out and be like, hey, basically don't be a dick, you know, and trying to be involved with the community. I think there is some effectiveness to that, honestly. Um, instead of just, you know, sitting around and not doing anything and twiddling your thumbs, um, like a lot of developers do. So I, I appreciate the effort of trying to reach out and just tell people, you know, obviously you want to win and go for it, win, obviously. Um, but you don't have to be a troll or a D-bag in the process of, you know, beating the enemy. You can be both. You can be a gracious victor also. It is possible, believe it or not. I know it's hard to imagine, but it can be done. So we're going to take the trolling thought and we're going to we're going to transition into another topic. Okay. Are you calling me a troll, sir? No, I'm not. But oh. our next topic has to deal with kind of, I mean, it's, okay. Basically, uh, there is a new hit anime series that's out there right now. It's called Spy X Family. And uh, the the anime itself is not the issue. It's the fact that there are fans of the anime who are going after a specific, uh, a very skilled artist who has basically done a reimagining of if the main character was African-American instead of Caucasian. Mm. And people have just been going nuts over how this is wrong, how this is not how the anime is supposed to be seen, that she's not African-American, why would you do this? And to that I say, well, we just said it, don't be a dick, okay? It's okay. If someone wants to do a reimagining of, I don't know, uh, Harry Potter as an extraterrestrial, and it looks amazing, which this, this artist is amazing, then more power to you. I'm not going to be like, oh, no, Harry Potter can't be green-skinned and have uh, uh, a like an elephant-type nose. No, 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 no. He has to be white with, with you know, blah, 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 blah. I, I thought Harry Potter was an alien. I thought all sorcerers were actually aliens, sir. I think they're 
demons, according to the Catholic Church. Oh, that explains a lot. Ah, yeah. I, th- I think I think it's it's not extraterrestrials. It's it's different dimensional beings or Ooh. realm beings. Realm beings. You might be onto something here. Mm. Anyways, Did look. they make Dumbledore like the Antichrist? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Look. Everyone, if. I mean, it's just this is like basically fan fiction, but fan art. Okay, I don't understand. I, I really, I, I can't grasp why people would go out of their way to be absolute douchebags. First of all, in a in a you know looking at the silver lining, this dude is getting his work viewed by a shit ton of people. Oh no, Man, Gunny Chief you. said you can't say Harry Potter is an alien on Twitter either. Is that an Elon Musk thing? Is, is, is that not a part of his new free speech platform? Did you hear did you hear that um that he already got someone like kick like uh um uh banned for a bit after saying like Tesla sucks or something on Twitter? But but I thought Twitter's not He's like a, it, you know, it's a platform for free speech, just not when it comes to any of my shit. Um yeah, I mean that's you know, it's the beauty and the ugly of the internet is on one hand, it's the platform to say what is on your mind. On the other hand, it also means creates a platform for which I can say what's on my mind, which can be uh, not pleasant and not in a, it's unpleasant for somebody else to hear because it's a differing opinion, but unpleasant because I say it as a complete and total unapologetic prick. Um, I think my favorite is when somebody's like, you know, people just hate me or love me, but I see what's on my mind. It's like, no, it just means you don't have a filter and you just come off as a dick. Okay, okay. let's let's say this. Think before you speak. I know it's a very strange foreign concept, but sometimes... Whoa, whoa. Nope, I'm just saying what's on my mind, bro. My mind, straight filter, bro. This is this is actually something that I have to tell my eldest son a lot is think before you speak because he could piss someone off really quick because I understand where his mind is but my god man take a breath think about it don't be like this is this is what gets in trouble the most so where's dinner ah uh, yes or where's this what are we going to do this why can't we do this how about find a better way to say that? Well, I, I mean, to be fair, hi, there's I was a just, little bit of a difference of him being, you know, in elementary school versus what's supposed to be a fully developed human brain. True. Fully d- developed human brain. We're still waiting for one of those. I, I'm going to say, you know, when you're comparing the maturity of him versus what's supposed to be an adult, and yet... Okay. You still could be more right. mature than an adult is. Exactly. There you go. There you go. The, depends on the adult. <laughs> let's let's put that out there. Um, so I mean, look, if you're creative and you could create something, create it. Now you do you you do have to have a bit of a thick skin, because, you know, uh, there are those individuals out there who will try to tear you a new one and, and it may cause you to never do something again. There's many an instances where people have been 
you know, browbeaten to the point of just disappearing. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's also a reason, like, on the internet that I just don't discuss, like, politics or anything like that is because that's also not something that I want to be involved with in that type of medium because it usually devolves into Neanderthal, Neanderthal thinking in words. When I get to the Neanderthal thinking of words, I just picture me punching my keyboard. Like it's just, I, I'm, I, you're going to understand me better with my rage of just smashing random keys than me, me trying Andrew, to be eloquent. Cross keyboard. Blah, 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 blah. I uh, wish I had like my extra keyboard. I could just like smash it right now as a demonstration. Well, I've got, well, no, I'm not going to smash any keyboards. I've got a keyboard that I probably could smash because. I'm confusion, smash. Smash confusion. I could. I smashed your confusion. Speaking of smashing, Ooh, that could be a new weekly show. Does it smash? <laughs> Does it smash? Sure. Why not? Um, okay. So, um, speaking of smashing, um, some of you may know of a certain long-running anime, or I guess an anime that's been reimagined quite a few times uh, called Voltron. And it turns out that there apparently was quite the bidding war for to gain the rights for a live action Voltron movie. And it appears that Amazon Prime has is coming out as the victor. Uh, there is a rumor that the, um, the director of the movie will be uh, the gentleman behind uh, the movie Red Notice, which is on Netflix. Uh, hmm. It's a great movie. Fun movie. It was a fun movie. Yeah. I don't know if I'd say great, but it was fun. Uh, that's what I meant. Fun movie. Um, and this is actually, this apparently has, they've been trying, Hollywood's been trying to make a Voltron live action movie since 2005. Of course they have, because live action, everything. I mean, it, look, like a lot of people are like, isn't that just gonna be like Power Rangers? Sure. Well, like most things, it's who directs it can have a very different vision as far yes. as will it be trash or not. I as of right now, I am optimistic. Cautiously optimistic? Cautiously optimistic, because it seems like here here's the thing. And I don't know if this is just like uh, I know this is gonna sound weird, but I actually would rather have a streaming studio, a, a streaming studio, produce and direct a film than any of like the big Hollywood megawaits because I feel like the streaming services have more on the line to make sure this shit is good, versus you know MGM and Universal or NBC or Comcast, Infinity. Xfinity, whatever the fuck you want to be called today. Um, you know, they're, they basically just like, well, we, we got the IP, uh, and we're just going to regurgitate absolute horseshit onto a script, but people are going to pay for it. I agree. I think outside of, for me, at least basically outside of the MCU movies, um, over the last number of years, I much greatly prefer basically the Netflix slash Amazon prime movie streaming releases. Um, and Netflix to me has put out a few bangers over the years. Yes. 
Um, so no, I'm totally in agreement with you where I don't, you know, the other thing that'd be interesting of like, why is that? Um, uh, I mean, is it that the, you know, as you put it, the MGM and et cetera, cartel execs are so out of touch that it's just trash. Whereas, you know, there's Netflix and prime actually looked at director, direct a movie. Or, 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 or get like, writers who actually know the source material. Yeah. Versus, instead of, yeah. instead of like, uh, I'm, I'm just, I know I'm going to get my soapbox again, but transformers. And they're like, Oh yeah, it's robots with coming to earth. And there's, but, uh, we got to make sure America looks good. So let's put, you know, 5,000 American troops and three robots. They'll figure it out. Yeah. So I think there's part, I, I do wonder if there's that, the Hollywood people telling the person what to do in the movie versus the writers and directors just being given the green light to do what they need to do to make a good movie. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Um, okay. So we're going to pause just for a second to do uh, friends of the show, because these are the amazing individuals that help pay the ultra confusion bills to support us in oh so many ways. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let me talk about the ND cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-S-T-E-R.com. Then the next shout-out we have to do is to the ever tireless inner workings of Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran. Noodle Boy Media. Why am I going British here? Good Lord. Noodle Boy Media, previously Watkid47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash Media. And he was recently just got back from being a forcer at Paxis 2022. Yeah, buddy. Now, of course, the next shout out we have to give is to the one and only Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is, un is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible and most importantly suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. And finally, the last friend of the show that we have to give a big old shout out to is Crosspat Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content. Crosspad Creative cre offers a 
whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email Josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. Now, of course, since we did that quick shout-out, let's do some of the Alter Confusion shout-outs. The first one and the most important one to Alter Confusion, as as it's always been, is the fact that Alter Confusion, for the 11th year straight, will be fundraising for Extra Life. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, game, to help sick and injured children at their children. Their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we ra- that yeah we raise through Extra Life will go directly to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the children they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Altered Confusion. Now. If you are curious as to how you become a friend of the show, then I have good news for you because I'm about to tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, Ultra Confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you. And so we have a patron page. Patreon lets you, the fans, the lovers, the haters, the supporters, interdimensional beings, uh, intergalactic beings, demigods, demons, specters, ghosts, undead, and more to become active participants. I don't know, how how active or undead? I guess it depends on the weather. Um, Become active participants of the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the ability to build an even stronger creative career. There are currently two tiers. One, two tiers that you can do for a monthly subscription. The first one is a $1 a month or $12 a year tier, and that gains you early access to all of our playthroughs, as well as um, patron-only posts and polls to help shape the future of Alter Confusion. If you want to take that big step forward, there is also a $5 a month or $60 a year tier, which not only gives you the everything at the $1 tier, but also puts your name or organization in the thank you section for every single Thursday night hangout. So, let us get back to the show. And let's see if I can, if if this English accent is going to keep sneaking into my chat. Um... Uh, by the way, I've been watching like a lot of British comedy, so that's why the the English accent's probably coming. Is that I I I on occasion start mimicking accents when I spend too much time uh, around it. Anywho, uh, let's talk about another Hollywood adaptation of an existing property, and this one, ladies and gentlemen, is centered around Hot Wheels. And the name behind the Hot Wheels is J.J. Abrams, or at least his company, uh, Bad Robot. Uh, basically, they, are they're going to be robots. I don't. Well, I, I, it's, it's going to be it's going to be Fast and Furious for kids. I, I swear to God, that's what it's going to be. Isn't that basically what's that car cartoon? What car cartoon? You know, there's like the red car, there's the old clunker car. You mean cars? Yes, it's that cars. No. Well, okay, so the the thing is cars is about racing. Uh on like on like, yeah, like NASCAR. 
on Hot, like NASCAR. Hot Wheels race, man. What? No, but Hot Wheels could do a lot more. Hot Wheels is being described as a hot, a high throttle action film. Oh my God, it's gonna be live action. It sounds like Cars. It brings to life this multi generational franchise to showcase some of the world's hottest and sleekest cars, monster trucks, and motorcycles. However, uh, the they do want to point out that, or I do want to point out the fact that in none of the press releases have they talked about the bright orange track, which is a staple of Hot Wheels. So is there going to be like a crossover with Fast and the Furious? I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you. Or it's like the origin story. The origin story of, of Fast and the Furious, the cars from Fast and the Furious. It's all about the car. It's only about the cars, not what? not. What about like the submarines and the spaceships? See the the thing that you're you're absolutely right. Is that the 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 thing you gotta wonder about is that Hot Wheels has created more than just monster trucks, cars, and motorcycles. Uh, they've created boats. They do have. I do have a Hot Wheels uh, Star Trek. Uh, um, uh, USS Enterprise. Um, I mean, there's a wheel inside the ship somewhere. I'm sure. Uh, well, I mean, the the top disc is is wheel shaped. Well, there you go. But the other okay, but but here's the thing. Okay, so yes, yay, J.J. Abram and and Bad Robot are are in the are making a Hot Wheels adaptation. But I also want to point out. That when I was researching this, Mattel Films, which of course Mattel is the owner of Hot Wheels and a shit ton of other products, uh, they are actively working on movie translations on many more in-house IPs. And I'm going to list these IPs for you, and I'm pretty sure you're going to scratch your head on a couple, but we're going to do it anyways. I love a good head scratcher. Of course, Hot Wheels. Next one, American Girl. Sure. Next one, Barbie. Sure. And actually, Barbie has. Um, oh, I just. Uh, um, they've had video games. No, no, no. I, yes, they've had video games. Uh, but uh, uh, Marco Robbie is actually tied to the Barbie uh, movie. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, playing uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah. I can see the just, same. I mean, that's how some people dress up their Barbie dolls. Look, I'm Barbie. just going to be totally honest with you. If. if Barbie gets the bitch slap Ken for being a wuss. I'm all in. I'm all in. Cause I, I, I grew up with two sisters. Okay. So I know, I know something about Barbie. I had to put together the fucking Barbie dream house and the van. Okay. Mm. <sighs> Anyways. So you got Barbie, Barney, that purple dinosaur from way back when. Barney, Barney. Now, no, but, but here, here comes the first curveball. They are actively working on a movie translation for the Magic Eight Ball. The Magic. Oh, the Magic. Yeah, the Magic Eight Ball. Well, okay, okay. Hold on. Think about that. Jumanji, right? Why the hell are we making a Jumanji movie? It's a video game, right? Like they're in the forest or whatnot, and that's actually turned out pretty well. So I could see like the same thing with like an eight ball, like some kids going to a basement. And like they're gonna be sucked into the eight, eight ball. Yeah, and like it turns them into like a parallel universe based on what the eight ball does, and like they almost have to like solve eight ball problems 
throughout the request to escape from the Magic 8-Ball? Uh, I think you're trying too hard. <laughs> I'm just not going to lie. I mean, it worked for Jumanji. Is it sad? Okay, here, here's... I'm not saying it's still not going to be absolutely terrible. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, the next one, I don't even know what this one is. I, I just had to Google it and it is major Matt Mason. Is that something out of like the Barbie verse? Maybe it was like, major, major Barbie Matt Barbie? Mason was an action figure created by Mattel. He was an astronaut who lived and worked on the moon. He was introduced in 1966. Well, you know, who has to play him is Matt Damon. Cause he's like in all the space movies and he's got to rack up his bill that he's been incurring. Screw it. We're actually going to film on the moon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Elon Musk can fund that now because he has Twitter and SpaceX. It's fine. Yeah, that'll be fine. That'll be fine. Uh, the next one is Masters of the Universe. Big surprise. I mean, that that uh, uh, Netflix has um, the two different Masters of the, uh, He-Man, Masters of the Universe, yeah. which are like sense, phenomenal yeah. and amazing. So that makes sense. Polly so who Pocket. Would have to play, who would actually play He-Man in a live action? Who would play He-Man? Oh, God. Well, really Dolph Lundgren is too old. Who? Dolph Lundgren. The original, the original He-Man. I was going to say The Rock. Uh, I think, to be totally honest with you, I don't... I don't think he would do it. Because he would have to have blonde locks. I just, I can't see The Rock with blonde hair. Ah, Zealus, you have a fan. Someone also put the rock in there to be He-Man. You know who would have been like perfect for it like 30 years ago, of course? Dolph Lundgren. Well, I was going to say Arnold Schwarzenegger. Which is basically, Dolph Lundgren is like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but more easily understood. (laughs) That's what it was. (laughs) Kevin Sorbo, oh my God. Let's no, pull out no, the old. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Kevin Sorbo's uh, uh, Herculean days are way behind him at this point. I can see Jason Momoa. You know, t- in total honesty, the guy who'd probably jump at the opportunity would be um, Channing Tatum. I don't. I don't know if I. I don't know if it would be good, but I bet you anything that if he if he if he was offered the part, he'd take it. Conan the Barbarian is better than He-Man. Oh no! Uh oh. I mean, okay. Conan are, are we is a pretty entertaining flick? Okay, if we're it depend. Okay, first of all, it depends on the movie. That which Conan the Barbarian are we talking okay, about? I'm going with the OG Arnold Schwarzenegger, just showing off his pecs the entire movie. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. I'm okay. going with the OG. Okay, I, I, I can, I can, that, I understand that a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. The thing is, like, when you – the other thing is you have to understand that Conan came from books, okay? It wasn't just – Sure. We, we, yeah. He-Man was a kid toy creation that got morphed into a TV show or it came in about the same well, time. Yeah, they, they both worked very well. They both worked very well. Yes. Um, the next uh, property is Polly Pocket. I feel like I should know what that is, but I don't. Polly Pocket was like uh, back in like the early '90s. It was basically like 
they they had a boy version. I don't remember what the boy version was called, but basically it was you you would get you would get like this um from the outside it looked like a a, a plastic purse. But if you opened it up, it was like an entire world and you had like a miniature figure named Polly Pocket because she fits in your pocket. And you could, you know, she would have like a, you could have like a merry uh, uh, one of those spinny things in the, the the park or a slide or a house and shit like that. It was, it was all like micro version. Um, But Polly Pocket, which, yeah, I'm sure that there, there's this new generation would eat that shit up. Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Robots, okay. Transformers 2.0. No, it'd be more like, uh, what was that movie with, um, um, crap, what was, uh, oh, um, the, the, uh, Hugh Jackman, um, Max Steel. Was it Max Steel? Is that the one where, like, they controlled, like, the robots who fought against each other? Yes. Yeah, I know. I never saw it, but I know what you're talking about. I thought it was cool. I was a good, you know, flick to watch with the kids. I never saw it. But Rocket Soccer Robots. The next one, they've already made a shit ton of movies, so sure, why not? Thomas and Friends. It's all about the tank engine, the blue tank engine, Thomas. So are we going to have a more adult version, maybe a crossover with some uh, Black tier, Black Tower? No. God, no. No. It's like Snowpiercer meets Thomas the Tank Engine. Let's do it. Who would win in a battle to the death of train engines? I don't know. It depends on who of Thomas's friends show up. Because some of Thomas's friends are sketchy as fuck. Rated R Thomas, please. I'd be on. Sure. Why not? Mr. Conductor is some like grindhouse style Thomas the Tank Engine. Get, Robert, get Robert Rodriguez in there to direct it and really put his flavor on it. It's like a death proof with trains. Yeah. I think we're onto something. I, see, I told you, got got a response. Percy, one of Thomas's friends, is wild. There's some crazy people. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know who Percy okay. is. Okay. Don't worry about it. If you didn't watch Thomas, then you don't know. But Percy was there there's a couple of tank engines that you're you had to keep an eye on. Ooh, mm, sketchy. Characters. Okay, uh, another property, Uno, the the card game. Sure, <laughs> sure. We'll just wait, yeah, wait. It, it's it's a high you stake winner take all. I'm, I, I've, I'm. It's gonna be with Liam Neeson, and it's to win back his daughter. Oh I shit! <laughs> it's it's taken, but instead of weapons, it's a it's Uno. Actually, he takes the cards and he's like gambit, and he flings the uno cards at all the people and like takes their carotid arteries out. <laughs> I may not know every game, you but I know when I'm down to one card, I will say uno. <laughs> the next one, I don't. Whatever I, the card says, that's how you die. Yeah. Uno. Wait, are these movie rights? Yeah. Okay, so um, real quick, the the movies that we're we've listed are Mattel film. Uh, active Mattel film is actively working on movie translations for the following movies. I'll just run through them real quick again, since you missed out on the early ones, American girl, Barbie, Barney, magic, eight ball, major Matt Mason, masters of the universe, Polly pocket, rock of soccer, robots, Thomas and friends, Uno. The next one, I don't even know what the hell it is. 
What is Viewmaster? What is what? Viewmaster. Wasn't that like that handheld thing that you used to like watch things? Like, like yes, yes, it is. It's one of those clicky things. I just looked yeah. at. It. They're gonna make a movie out of that. It tells the future. It is the movie. It it predicts an apocalyptic event of epic proportions. I can predict like there's gonna be like props in the movies that like somehow start off like an apocalypse. I think I owned one, and I think mine was, I want to say that mine was actually He-Man and Voltron themed. Nice. Because it was, like, it was a circular dial thing that you clicked on the side. Well, if you really want to date us, did you have, when you were in school, uh-huh. did you have those old, I don't know what they're actually called, but it was like, when a teacher wanted to show you like pictures about, let's just say like the national parks, mm-hmm. it was like this large carousel clicky thing. And like they press a button and like it would like shoot it up yes. like into the light, like a projector to yeah. shine on the wall. And like you'd click it and you go through like each one to tell like a story. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. It's a slide you're it's a slideshow. It's what an actual slideshow is. It, wow. All those little things are called slides. There you go. Uh Pretty Clark would like to see Voltron versus the Power Rangers. That'd be cool. Yes. Too but bad I, inevitably. You know what ended up happening is they'd never actually fight each other to the end. It would be like Batman versus Superman. They'd be the like, end, oh, you. The bigger evil comes in at the end. So the actually. Exactly. Team. Exactly. You're like, oh. It's like, oh, shit. It's all on. Let's see who, who does it. And then it ends up like they like high five, like, you know what? We have to put aside our differences. There's a eviler evil out there that needs to be put down. That's exactly what would happen. And by some weird occurrence, uh, they they uh, Power Rangers would lose three of their z- Zords, and uh, Voltron would lose their arm and their leg. Vol- oh my god! Okay, Clark wants us to talk about Voltron versus Gundam. But then you could like incorporate one of those Power Rangers, and like it becomes like a new anamorphic arm, and the other one becomes the leg, oh, and that's no. like a part of Voltron mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Voltron vs. Gundam. Um, it sounds like a Charlie special right there. It would depend on the Gundam, to be honest with you. Uh, there are a shit ton of different... It's not just a Gundam. There are... There's the Unicorn Gundam. There's... Um, if, if I had the time, I would... And the ability to move, I would take my camera and show you... I think my son now ha- has built my my son and I have built four Gundams, so <laughs> that's the right answer. Yes, haha, haha. See, I know you some shit. You beat the trick question. <laughs> okay, let me just uh, real quick. Uh, the last property that um, that Mattel Films is actively working on is Wishbone, which I'm gonna be honest. I don't know why Wishbone ever went off the air. That ki- that dog was the most versatile actor I have ever seen in my life. The, the dog did Shakespeare. He did adv- like Peter Pan. He did adventures. Amazing stuff on public uh, on PBS, public broadcasting system. I was honestly very confused. I was thinking of like the turkey bone that you take and you split to see who's like going to have luck. You know what? I'm sure, I'm sure there's someone out there in Hollywood that is trying to market a movie about the 
the repercussions of breaking the turkey wishbone. Which, by the way, uh, just a side note, uh, you can n- never attempt to try to break the wishbone from a slow smoke turkey. What happens? Is it shrapnel? No, it's it's fucking rubber. Oh, so it's a greater challenge, is what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, you would have you literally. <laughs> Clark said, "I wrote about Ivanhoe in my AP lit exam. Only knew it from wishbone." Wishbone was amazing, man. That's what it's like. I I was a, I was a little bit too old to really get into Wishbone, but that would have been more in my my little sister's wheelhouse. Was probably Wishbone and Barney and Sesame Street, of course. Um, but yeah, I love me some Wishbone. So what you're saying is, if I teach again, I just show wishbone. Yes, yes. It, well, I mean, if you're if you're if you're teaching English literature, then wishbone is the easy way out. It's it's like a it's like a even more entertaining version of Cliff Notes. Interesting. Yes. Of course, me teaching English in high school sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah, Zelius teaching English would be very woe. You know, hablo English. Yeah, Zelius would just probably throw in random facts that don't make sense. Like, oh yeah, of course, Romeo had a side chick. Uh, her name was uh, Brumhilda, and uh, she actually lived with uh, Robin of Loxley uh, on the up. Death Star. Programming in Java contains words in English, so therefore, that is going to be our English class: is programming in Java. I I. I will, I will, ref- I don't know if it's still the thing, but I, every single time I hear language and programming language, I love the fact that the university that I started going to, I, I, um, I transferred out to go to, to end up at full sale, but I was able to take an extra programming cl- class and have that count towards my foreign language credit. Oh no, I a hundred percent feel believe that programming both in high school and college should count towards your foreign language requirement. Cause it is a foreign language. What? It is a foreign language. Yeah. Because the core of foreign language is basically it's a different way of thinking about how to communicate with the world, be it with other people or in your head or language and computer science. It to me is a hundred percent, a different way of interacting um, with the world around us. And it teaches you a different skill set. It teaches you critical thinking. It's super powerful. So, yes, it should be a foreign language. If we are allowed, if universities are allowed to credit individuals who take dead language classes, like Latin, like Sanskrit, then you have to, you got to allow for programming as well. Because it's not spoken. No one's out there speaking Latin or, well, there are people attempting to speak Latin, but technically there are no native Latin speakers anymore. Don't tell my Latin teacher that, man. She'll take you out. Sure. There's a there's a story about me and Latin, but I will save it for another day. A rainy day. Sure, why not? So let's let's uh let's jump gears again real quick or uh, whatever. Um I apparently I am a steam person. Through and through. Once once Steam came out, that has always been my game launcher. Okay, so I was just made aware of the fact that the Bethesda g- 
game launcher is shutting down in May. And I didn't know there was a Bethesda uh, game launcher. The more you know. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it was it launched back in 2016. So it hasn't been around for too long. But they decided they just can't keep up with the likes of Steam and Epic. So they're going to stop it. But if starting the 27th, so starting yesterday and going until the when the launcher actually closes down, which I believe is May 11th, you can trans you could transfer your data over to Steam. Hmm. Some of the data will automatically transfer, while others you'll have to manually transfer over, like save files and stuff like that. Um, but there is a warning for those out there who have used the Bethesda launcher in the past, and that is that um, that Bethesda is highly encouraging that users keep their Bethesda.net login details even after the shutdown, as there are some games that were attached to the launcher that will require that information for continuing access for features within the game. Uh, that makes sense not to forget it. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the one that a lot of people are highlighting is the game Rage 2, which was a Bethesda... Um, launcher exclusive. So if you want to continue to play Rage 2 after it closes down, you're going to need your Bethesda inf login information. Yeah, and I mean, it's not exactly uncommon that Steam launches other launchers. Like, Civilization actually, from Steam, launches the 2K Games launcher within Steam. Well, uh, Mass Effect. Does that do the same thing? Yeah, it, it launches another launcher. Nice. Now, here's what I absolutely love about these things mm -hmm. is guess what? I could still go onto Bethesda and on the front page and still download right now. Don't know. The launcher. Huzzah. I'm like, good job, guys. It's sunsetting soon, but I can still install and set it up just like a new day. I'm not going to actually run the executable because I don't want to find out. Ah, it's all malware. It eats your hard drive. Um, I like to eat my hard drive for dinner. I thought, you know, it's good for my intestines. All that extra iron in metals. I believe it's irony that you're, that you were stupid enough to download a mantra that's about to close. But speaking of, uh, big name services, um, Sony has come out and said that they are going to put a, a stop to subscription stacking. So what that really means is that you can't get like a bunch of, you know, like discounted subscriptions for uh, the PlayStation network and then stack it on top of each other so that you save money. They're not going to allow you to do that. Um, you need to wait until your current subscription is over and then use your use the code to extend, you're not allowed to just add a bunch of codes to like extend it indefinitely. Yeah. People were gaming the system like most things in life. Of course. If, if there is a way to game a system, people are going to do it. Now what I do is like with the plus is all wait till like it goes on sale where it's like the half off for the year. 
right. buy that, and then I have that on ready to go. Right, and but people are buying multiple, yeah, things of that, so they could extend it past the one year. Well, for me, there comes a point where, like, even if it's a great sale, it's only worthwhile to me to go out so far into the distance mm-hmm. because the reality is is whether it's Sony or Xbox, whoever it is, it's their service and they can change it on a web. So like it was never worth it to me to get like four years worth of PS plus subscription because who the hell knows where things are going to be in four years. Come on, man. You, you, you're going to be grandfathered in, right? Uh, I, I, the, the rules are what they are when I, when I applied to the subscription thing. They you can't the change it on me. That actually say that you're basically at the mercy of whatever the hell Sony decides to do that day on a whim. Yeah, sure. That one. That one. Yeah. 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 That that's, that's perfect. Um, it makes sense. I mean, it, it sucks for those people who, who were, you know, trying to cut down the costs of, of the subscription, the, you know, subscription fees. Um, but I mean, you know, from a financial standpoint, I understand, but still, (laughs) it's one of those things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, though. Okay. Talking about some really crazy stuff such as that. Um, I got a message from Twitch of all places, uh, that is a, that has informed me that my friends are going away on May 25th, 2022, which my first response is like, what the fuck? Are they defriend, uh, unfriending me or something? No, you, no friends uh, you, sir. starting, starting in May 25th, uh, the feature to list your online friends will go away and you will no longer see who is or isn't online in your friend list because you won't have one. Which I don't understand. Like, why? Why is that? What? What? Is it bogging down the network or something? What the? I mean, I honestly don't use like a Twitch friends list, but like at the same time, like I don't really leverage Twitch other than like the occasional watching in the show. But if you're somebody who, especially like a streamer, who's using it. I would think that would actually have value to have that useful friends list. So that's kind of interesting, actually. Here's the official notice here. We launched friends to help viewers connect with one another, similar to the connections between creators and viewers. Today, we see the best viewer-to-viewer connection on Twitch happen when we experience live moments together on a creator's channel. With very few viewers regularly using friends to actively connect with each other. By deprecating this feature, we are able to further focus on building connections among communities while streamers are live. So they put more emphasis on uh, live streamers. So we're able to allow you to better communicate with each other by taking away one of your forms of communication. Well, I, I think the thing is that you're, that even if you are friends with someone, you're probably also following their channel. So you probably are getting the information of when they're going live. So, I mean, I can't understand, but still, you know, the feature will be removed from the mobile app on May 16th and twitch.tv on May 25th. After that date, your friends list and the ability to see which of your friends are online will no longer be available. 
Um, okay, if you block whispers from strangers in your privacy settings, anyone who is currently on your friends list will lose the ability to send you whispers once the feature is removed. When you follow their account, they are no longer considered a stranger and can send you whispers in the future. So it's just, so you're, you're, you're following a channel instead of a person. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Yeah, I guess. But the Whatever. thing, the, the thing that is kind of like, kind of sucks is that not, I, not everybody who, who's active on Twitch is a creator. Some are strictly just viewers. So yeah. they don't have really, they don't have a channel. I mean, they do, you technically have a channel, but they never go live. Yeah, so I mean, it's very different. Yeah. Most people are not, do not have a channel. So in order for them to, to, you'll just have to find all your friends before May 25th, all the friends that you have on your list, um, go find their channel and follow their channel so they can continue to give you whispers or direct messages. Cause that's really what it boils down to. So you got to do some legwork. Damn it. Do some legwork. I actually have friends. I didn't even remember that. Wow. Celius, you're making a lot of people feel special. You're not one of my friends. Damn it. Celius. <laughs> you're one of mine because you're, I set you up as a co-host. Ah. Oh. But you also missed the ability to message people, which was nice. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well. Yes. Oh, well. It be what it be, man. Dude. You know, it's kind of like they take futures away. It's not like you have a whole lot of choice. Yeah. Exactly. You got to roll like, with the punches, baby. extra to keep that feature? What if I was like Twitch Prime? On top of Amazon Prime, can I visit like extra Prime? Okay. If you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime. Shh, I want extra prime goodies oh my God. such as chat. Prime of the prime, prime, prime. Prime, prime, prime. It's prime time. Prime, 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 prime. No, I, you know. <clears throat> prime squared? What's a prime squared? I think that's what happens when um, Optimus puts an additional spark inside him. Oh, 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 oh. Now we're getting a little bit. Uh esoteric here and mm. just going off the rails mm. sir mm. Mm. well we'll find out anyways mm. all right ladies and gentlemen i think we've reached the end of our show how is that possible i don't know it's always crazy we blink and the next thing you know the we are getting close to the end of our time slot so what you're saying is this is like doctor who and you're not supposed to blink yeah exactly don't Blink. Don't look away, damn it. Super Saiyan Optimus Prime. That's fucked up. That's too powerful. The world would come to an end. His energy is over 9,000! Or something. I don't know. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zeely, it's been a pleasure getting here with Kimmer Heads. I'm Allison, of course. Our hearts will be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on giving in the free world. Amen to that, brother.